Hi, I'm Helen Crowther. I'm the librarian at Blackpool 6. And uh, today I'm talking to Elaine Little, uh, who's our head of uh, visual arts. And uh, we had a conversation a few weeks ago about art and its role in well-being and, and, you know, its role in our personalities and how we function. And you told me a really interesting thing. And and it was about a student who told you that he loved doing his, his exam. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, hi, good morning. Um, yeah, I bumped into one of our ex-students. Um, he's now marketing manager for Sainsbury's. And I said, come on then, tell me one thing you remember about college. What was your best memory? What did you really enjoy? You know, think back. I mean, he's 30-odd now. And he just said, I just loved my art exam. I said, sorry? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, yeah, just having three full days just to concentrate um, on my art and just to spend that time in silence just working on that, uh, just me and my work, that summative work was fantastic. So I'll never forget it. And it is, it's that flow state. It's when you allow yourself to relax so much and just to sort of nurture who you are and sort of celebrate and enjoy what you're doing, whether that's listening to music, whether it's physically creating something. You know, it's, it is really, really good for us. And to allow yourself that time, not to feel guilty about spending that time with yourself and with your own thoughts and in your creativity, because uh, we're always so busy to be getting on to the next thing, the next thing. And he said, I've just never got round to spending those three days again. <laughs> so it is, you know, it's it was great. And uh, I can't think of any other, I don't know. I'm not certain we all enjoy our exams that much. I really wish we did, because if we did, <laughs> we'd do an amazing job at anything we, anything we put our mind to. Yeah, I, I just think it's interesting that he said that because, of course, what, what happens generally is that people get very stressed about exams. They They worry about them an awful lot. And... And in some ways, you know, you can you know you can totally understand that worry because it's about performance and it's a, it's something that's important. But it's interesting that that student had a completely different experience, and it was very and it clearly stayed with him and was clearly very good. And as you say, it's it's a flow state. Yeah, it's just about celebrating what you know. Guys, any of these exams, you know, you go in prepared, you've worked really hard. It's a subject you're passionate about whatever subject that is it's something you've chosen to study for two years it's part of you just enjoy it enjoy that moment of telling everybody what it is that you know and what you you know what you've learned and and what you understand that subject to be try and get into that flow state for that exam and if you enjoy it it's going to come across in your writing and whatever you know your maths whatever you know <laughs> you're going to get through it more positively which is going to be a good thing yeah I think I think it's really interesting that you've mentioned other subjects there because because you could sort of expect a flow state in in art subjects but we we never talk about it really in those terms for other subjects or examinations but as you say it's about celebrating what you're good at because all of the narrative around um exams and study is that it's hard work and it's a source of stress but actually you know if you're enjoying what you're doing you might like that three hours or two hours or, or whatever it happens to be just, just to show off what you're doing and your your students really show off what they're doing because because of course you have end of year shows that the frame is absolutely full of great art and I, th- and I think you know we could think of other subjects in those terms you know or we could we could sort of start the narrative that that's like a really good way of being and and we can take that from art students and, and from yourselves.
I mean, what does art do for you personally? Because you're head, you're head of art, you're an artist. What, what does it do for you personally? Well, I am an artist. You know, I think creatively. I see outside of the box. I, I love challenges. I love solving problems. I love finding ways around things, you know, thinking positively and sort of like, well, how else could we see that? And But to actually physically produce art, yes, a sketch occasionally, but um, not as intensely as our A-level students. Um, and to see them go through that growth and go through that self-awareness and what they enjoy and what their visual characteristics are and how they see the world is amazing. I would see myself more as a creative facilitator, somebody there to nurture the best out of them. And, you know, we, we if we all had all the time in the world, we would all be A stars. You know, these students are amazing. Um, but we have a mark criteria and they'll get to a certain stage with the time that they're with us. I mean, Damien Hurst, who's one of the most monetary wise certainly successful artists of our century you know he's still alive and he's made so much money out of this art he got an e-grade a-level art yeah. it's sort of accepting that you know you are where you are at that point for that criteria but if you've got a passion about your subject you don't stop learning you don't stop being creative you don't stop using those transferable skills that you've gained from it those research skills that investigative nature being able to justify and explain something to somebody else and then communication skills you know you're gathering so much more than just knowledge on the courses that you're doing you know whether that's a skill-based knowledge or whether it's um a knowledge about you know geography or whatever it is that you're learning about and it's just having that awareness and acknowledging that those are the skills you'll take with you. Those are the things you'll take. And, and that's what I still am. That's sort of what I've taken from being an artist and exploring um, myself creatively is sort of strengthen me as a person to deal with life and to, to, to deal with, you know, what else things throw at you. I, I think that's really interesting because there are different ways to think about what art is. And, and in some ways, we think about it as, as a static thing. We go and look at art somewhere. You know, we go to a gallery or we go to a museum and we, we look at it. But actually, you know, and, and the narrative around that, um, for example, Grayson Perry has, has a book uh, called Playing to the Gallery. And he talks about, well, what, what is art? How do you even define it? And he does t- talk in terms of, well, people make it, they sell it, they get a representative or an agent, it, they get talked about, and that's sort of how you get you get a consensus around what whether something is a piece of art. But actually, your way of thinking about it is much more radical than that, I think, because you're saying it's part of your your practice. It's it's a dynamic, living, creative thing, and and actually, if if you're in that flow state, producing that art or producing that work. You know, I mean, my personally, I, I think that will stand for a definition of art. Um, and it's interesting that, but but that's, and I think that might be quite democratic. democratic. Like, how many students do you have doing art right now? Are you, do, you, do you know? Oh, I think it's just just under 400. Wow. Different art subjects, yeah. 400 people doing art. You know, I mean, that's, that's when we think of it like, about it like that, that's a magic idea, isn't it? 400 people in the college doing art actually practicing it being curious producing things being creative being productive um of of something that they enjoy and other people like looking at and engaging with yeah and the way they see the world you know it's, it's amazing it's um every single student has something different to say something different to communicate 
another way. And every single person does. <laughs> you know, whether you communicate it through music, through dance, through the way that you see numbers, you know, your computing, your electronics, you know, you have, you know, your answers to certain questions will be different than somebody else's answers because they're yours. And being able to own that space and, and understand, you know, your subject to a level that you can own that and, and really enjoy sort of ex- explaining yourself you know and and not be so intimidated by um I don't know all, all the <laughs> but not be too intimidated to stop yourself from saying what you know you can sort of overthink things and overanalyze things and then never quite get out what you really wanted to say and it's all these um skill-based structured based things that we really need to engage with because you'll have that knowledge you'll really love your subject you'll know what you want to say it's just engaging with those core skills um, so that you can get it out, basically. I mean, that's got to be good for people's mental health, hasn't it? Because we often talk about mental health and well-being as, as being entirely separate matters to uh, what we're doing with the rest of our lives. But actually, the way that you're describing how people, you know, how people are curious about the world and how they find their answers, you know, whatever subject that happens to be in, that surely got to be good for your mental health. You know, that that, that, that whole idea of the flow state, you, you're engaged in the thing that you're doing, you're curious about the world, you're doing it in a way that suits your mental model of the world. I, th- I think it's only art that can really give us that insight. I, I do think it's a very good starting point. Yeah. And to hear other people talking about what inspires them and, and what they're connecting to in the world and how that informs their artwork. I mean, too much, you can see a piece of art, you see it as a summative piece, and you're like, oh, I don't like that, or I do like that. And you're quite judgmental over like a piece of music. You can either like it or you don't. Mm. Um, but I think once you understand how it's being created, why it was created, what what inspired those ideas, the process that that artist went through, um, and where they lived and how that impacted and what era they lived in and how that impacts on the way that was produced and how it was pointed at the time. And, you know, it's social history. So there's so much more dialogue that that understanding how it led to that end point is so much more valuable and so much more important, so much more interesting for me, you know, the process than, than the summative. Yeah, because I think we we sort of commodify the the end product, don't we? We say the the, the picture or the artwork, whatever it happens to be, you know, like that that's the only part of it that we're kind of interested in. We commodify it. We say, well, that that's just the end result. But you're right; it, it does. It's a much more rich experience of that artwork if you do know something about the artist, if you know what the the conditions of their art you know what when they were working what they were doing it do, it does really make that experience very rich and also I think it's a bit more participative isn't it I mean if you're just looking at a piece of art well you can only look at it for so long but actually if you understand that process I think that's a really interesting sort of insight really you know and maybe a way into if people are a bit shy about looking at art or saying that they like it that's that's a really good way of thinking about it sort of you know being curious about how it was produced yeah and everyone will see something different <laughs> so again <laughs> yeah. yeah it's amazing um just like, like everybody will hear something slightly different within a song it'll connect to them differently because they have a different inner source of what they find visually aesthetic but having that self-awareness that's what this is about yes we're gaining skills yes we're exploring we're, we're developing skills but we're understanding what we're good at and we're understanding what we enjoy and what we enjoy looking at and yeah, that's that's what's amazing. 
I absolutely love delivering this subject. I love seeing students grow. I love them owning their progress and that confidence and that resilience and that drive that, that you know, that supports them, hopefully, as I've heard, you know, now tell me, through anything else they go on to do. Mm. And, and it, it's that, that whole sort of lifelong experience of it and and have you know like you say taking those things through to the rest of your life the art doesn't stop when you're 18 or whatever age you stop producing something it doesn't stop there does it Mm. no as a a final thing have you got a piece of art that that you love that really speaks to you what 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 picture or artwork has really sort of changed how you've thought about the world that's a Ooh. difficult question. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many. Yeah. Just, um, I think, well, I don't know. I suppose you could say Picasso's Guernica, you know, was a real statement and you could real, really feel the pain and the moment of that time, you know, the Spanish Revolution. Yes. But, um, I love Gerhard Richter and his cage paintings. And the, yes, it's just dragged paint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you look at it, you go, what? so deeply with me seeing those underlayers feeling the movement watching him produce them just just feeling that that noise you know connecting with the paint and I can feel it and he even works onto photographs as well with paint and and then happy accidents you're never ever ever gonna get that same reaction again you can't reproduce it. You can't, you know, like a Jackson Pollock that more students might be aware of, where your splat is, is where it's going to hit. You know, it's, you, you can't you can't reproduce that with a paintbrush. And those, the, the colours and how they resonate and how they layer and very strong dynamic with colour as well. Um, and the way that they can flood you, your viewpoint when you're in front of them is so big. A bit like when you see Monet's water lilies at the L'Orangerie, or well, I had the privilege of seeing them at L'Orangerie in Paris and also at um, the yeah. in um, New York. And when you sit down and, and they're sort of panoramic and they fill your view from top to bottom, from side view as well, it's like you're floating. It's like you're sitting in that paint. And that, for me, is, yeah, it's the experience of it. Then I can really get excited about the work in front of me and sit there for a long time. Yeah, I mean, but it's an overwhelming sensory experience. I mean, maybe that's another way that we can define art. I mean, it's interesting that you like that art because I thought you would prefer more formal art, but actually... I think I'm very high energy, as you can hear. High energy is probably, yeah. <laughs> I need a bit of madness. I'm like, woo, yay! <laughs> Let's get messy. I obviously appreciate, you know, some beautiful digital art coming out as well and, you know, all the different guises. And I'm also a ceramicist, so I love sculpture and I love the forms and the structures of it. I love tactile elements, so all the textile art. And, yeah, I'm just really, really, really greedy. I just love it all. <laughs> but, I mean, isn't that a good message for any artist, just be greedy? You know, oh, enjoy yeah. it all, love it all. What a great message, yeah. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant to talk to you about that. It's always a pleasure to hear like a practitioner talk about what, what it what is good for them you know professional and and how they actually work and how good that is for our personalities and our mental health um so thank you very much indeed for talking about this today um and um, hopefully we'll talk again anytime (laughs) (laughs) bye for now bye for now